0: Welcome to Pregnancy Help Podcast. My name is Christine Grimmett, and in this episode, we are bringing awareness to domestic violence, as this month of October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. So we're specifically talking about how it impacts residents who are in your maternity home setting. And if you're subscribed to Heartbeat International's monthly e-newsletter, Heart and Home, you may have caught an article that our housing specialist, Valerie Humes, wrote. It's a great article in addition to listing upcoming webinars and other content specifically geared towards maternity homes that's included each month in each issue of heart and home you can sign up for that today at heartbeatservices.org in the store and let me mention that it is free for affiliates now let me introduce this episode's guest ashley potts welcome ashley i'm so glad you're here with us if you can start by telling us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in ministry Thank you so much for having me, Christine. I'm so excited about this topic, and
1: I'm excited to be here. So my name, like you said, my name is Ashley Potts, and I am the co-founder and executive director of Sailor Creek Maternity Home, and we're in Rockwell County, Texas. So um, I got started in maternity housing. Um, When I was 19, I experienced an unplanned pregnancy myself, and um, that was in 2002, And uh, we had really strong family members who helped kind of carry us through. They taught us everything we needed to know. They supported us financially, emotionally, spiritually. Um, They were patient and kind with us. And so when my husband and I got married, um, about I guess it was about 2015, we started really wrestling with this idea um, or this understanding that there are some women in our community who don't have family support to help them. And so we um, started praying and seeking the Lord's guidance on how we could help be a better support for pregnant women in our community who don't have any family to help them walk through the next season of life. And so we've been serving women and children in our community for a few years now. Uh, We are a long-term home, which means that our women can come into our home pregnant and stay for up to a year after their baby is born. Uh, So we do maternity care and what they consider aftercare um, in under one roof with full-time live-in house parents, and then a staff that also rotates in and out for support. And our goal is to help women Uh, Slow down and identify some experiences that they've had in their childhood or leading up to them coming to the home and how we can help them set goals and marginables for them to be successful when they move out of the home so that that better um, endorses
0: a healthy lifestyle for not just them, but their children as well. Hey, thank you. Uh, now, my question is about your residents that you served over the years. Um, so you've served quite a few. And how many of those roughly do you come across that have experienced some sort of domestic violence or relationship violence?
1: Yes. So um, this was probably a really surprising statistic to me that I started tracking from the very beginning. Uh, we did not enter into maternity housing with the mindset that we would serve women suffering from domestic violence. But in reality, the women that were coming into our home, 100% of the women that we have served have suffered from some sort of domestic violence, whether it is financial abuse, spiritual abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, and not just uh, women who are fleeing, actively fleeing domestic violence situations, but also women who have suffered from some sort of domestic violence experience throughout their childhood and teenage years as well. So our women that we've served, it's been 100%. Wow.
0: That's yeah. really staggering to just stop and realize how many women that you are serving that have experienced that and, and how many out there um, still need that care. Mm-hmm. Now, from your experiences, have you found this to impact their decision making? Um, I would say absolutely. So
1: I think that most maternity homes, if we're, if we're really honest and open with the women that we're serving, most maternity homes also serve women who have suffered from domestic violence, it does impact their decision, their decision making process. It actually goes much deeper than that, though. Uh, When women or when people, we won't just limit it to women, when people grow up in an environment where domestic violence in some shape or form is normalized, then they start to believe that that is how they should be treated. It's not an exception to the norm. It is their norm. And so, in a lot of ways, um, they already come into an environment with us um, with the understanding that men, or parents, or uncles, or grandparents, or fill in the blank, um, they just treat them that way. Um, and so, it is at at the core of at the core of of the issue. It is a big trauma. Um, understanding their trauma, helping them understand their trauma, but also helping them understand and identify that that the way that they were treated in that domestic violence environment is not normal. It's not, I I don't want to use the word normal. It's not okay. It should not be normalized and they can and have the freedom to make different decisions for their children than the decisions that were made for them.
0: So that's really interesting to think about domestic violence and how it's you're, it's affecting the woman, the resident within your home, but then also her situation is kind of unique because she also has a child. So mm-hmm. um, how does that abuse that she's experienced then kind mm-hmm. of trickle down to her parenting and affecting her own child?
1: Well, if you think about it, if you think about the way, if any of us think about the way that we were raised, right, if we don't stop and take account for our experiences growing up or in relationships, romantic relationships, parental relationships, we will automatically, if we are not self-aware and stop and pay attention to those things, we will automatically make the exact same decisions um, moving forward because they're normalized in our lives, right? And um, And so what we really like to do is create an environment where our women feel safe they feel safe enough to process their lives because what we do and i think what every maternity home across the the world would would say that they do is we're looking to help not just save the child but to help the woman make cycle breaking choices for her children that will actually have a lasting generational effect for 50, 80, 100, 200 years to come. And so um, it really goes back to when we're helping women make different decisions for their children, Before it, before it hits that conversation, how do we help you make a different decision for your child so your child doesn't suffer from domestic violence? We have to go back and identify with them lovingly and very carefully, I might add, the areas of their lives where they have experienced some sort of domestic violence in their own lives. And I would say probably that has been a very humbling experience for us is a lot of our women do not identify with having suffered from domestic violence when they come into our home. They they do not, they would not say if you said have you experienced domestic violence
0: most of them would say no. So how does that conversation go? How do you start? um, Is there some sort of intake question or a way that you can bring that up gently without even using the phrase domestic violence? How do you bring that to light without bringing deeper hurt or without Mm -hmm. making her feel a certain way about it? That must be a really difficult discussion to have with her.
1: You know, it really is. And I would love to say that the intake questions are helpful, but if we're being really honest, they're not very helpful. Um, our women, when, when we're intaking them at the very beginning of their residency with us, they don't trust us, they don't know us and they don't trust us. And so, and they're in survival mode, right? Which Mm -hmm. is I have to get somewhere safe. And so, and so while intake is necessary, we don't use those intake questions to help us kind of formulate a plan for our clients. What we do, and this is why it's so humbling is we have to listen, We have to listen to the minor little conversations that they're having with each other, little hints that they're dropping to us. Um, we like to create an environment where our residents, we want to, we want to, we want to foster, um, trust with our, with our residents, right? Every home does. And so it really starts with listening, um, and not listening to respond, but listening to learn. And so there's this idea, I've been reading this, this book for a while now, um, it's called Dare, Dare to Lead. And she, she, she has this idea in her book that I have just grabbed onto, which is becoming a learner and not a knower. And so when we're listening, we're listening to learn. And I, I really have, I've had residents where I've had to sit down with um, the cycle of abuse there, it's all over the internet. you can Google cycle of abuse and it will pop up and I will have to I will say to them carefully that's that that is the point it's very carefully um, you're telling me that that your boyfriend uh, has punched you, slapped you, hit you, and then they move into this apology everything is romanticized. I'm so sorry here's gifts and it really is a cycle. And they have never identified that as an abuse cycle. So it's very gently just bringing facts and information before them for them to sit with because they first have to identify and acknowledge and understand the fact that they are being abused. And so, or they have been abused. And so, before we can help them transform their future for their children, we have to help them identify where they're coming from first and foremost. And they have to process out all of those emotions too. Some women are not ready to have that conversation. Um, Some women don't want to believe that they've been abused. And so it is a very carefully carefully articulated conversations where we step into a conversation seeking to learn from them, not seeking to listen so we can say, you've been abused. We need to move on to do these five things. Um, That is not
0: helpful in our environment at all. Hmm. I love that you mentioned that listen and learn part. That's actually the first step of our love approach training that we just Mm -hmm. preach about so much at Heartbeat. Mm -hmm. That's step number one to talking to your client and getting to know her is sit down with her and listen and figure out where she comes from and what she needs. So Mm -hmm. thank you for bringing that one up. Uh, So let's talk about maternity homes being uniquely positioned to serve these women. Mm-hmm. Um, we know there's lots of organizations out there, um, and maybe some maternity homes are connected with, um, other organizations or counselors who work with, uh, victims of domestic violence, but, um, how can the maternity home setting really foster, a, an environment for healing and for preventing her from going back out of the home and, um, kind of falling back into that same cycle. Mm-hmm.
1: So what we do in our, in our home, um, that I think any maternity home could do is, um, I think we see abuse in our homes, and we we don't really know what to do with it. We don't really know how to help it or respond to it. Um, and so, and so I think our first step in maternity homes is accepting that abuse is a massive issue in our homes that needs to be lovingly addressed. That's number one. Number two is we reach out to any community, Ministry or organization who specializes in abuse, and we try to get our women into as many classes, codependency, um, you know, all of that, all of the classes that we can get them into outside of the home where they're getting extra added voices. We try to get them to um, into those courses. We also, part of their program, we will add in um, domestic violence. Uh, like we do bright courses. So we'll add in domestic violence courses for them. We make it a um, a part of our every a program that everybody does is everybody goes through Henry Cloud's book of boundaries and the workbook. Because if we can't understand, if we start to understand abuse, we also have to understand restructuring our boundaries and how we're gonna allow ourselves and our children to be treated. And so part of what we do is we just kind of, We learn from the resident what she's experiencing, what she's going through, and then we detail her weekly program to specifically help address abuse. Um, And then we just, any chance we can get in the home, we remind her, you are loved, you are valued, you are safe. That is not safe for you. How can we help you make a safe choice for you and your children? And so it's just a lot of affirmation and confirmation that every woman in our home has value and she can choose how she is going to allow herself to be treated moving forward.
0: I like that. The empowerment and mm-hmm. allowing her to yes. recognize who she is and what she deserves. Yes. Um, I also like that you mentioned the reinforcing through other programs, you know, connecting mm-hmm. with what's available in your community already and letting that be another voice to speak to her. So it's not just in her home, but it's when she goes out to a class. So uh, it sounds like a, a really great program that you're running there at your, your particular home. And um, thank you again for your time with us. So before we close out, let's talk about some practical tips and uh, recommendations Recommended resources for other homes who are interested in diving a little bit deeper into this topic, so that they can better serve their residents. Mm-hmm. So,
1: one of the things that that we that we have prioritized in our home, uh, aside from listening to understand, um, listening to learn instead of listening to speak, is also um, recognizing in our community that we have. Kind of a niche that we do, and we do it really well. And so we jump into the community full, full, full force to try to learn who can come in and help us. And so in our community, we have a domestic violence uh, ministry. I'm sure in most communities there are. We also have uh, courses like Regeneration, which is a 16 week study that we um, that we help our residents kind of take ownership. They take ownership of their own their own future. We do a lot of journaling. Um, we do a lot of our Bible studies. We focus mostly on identity and shame um, because shame will keep us in the past. And, and if we don't know who we are um, because of who Jesus is, then we will constantly be making choices and relationships moving forward. And so and so, those are just some of the things. In addition to boundaries, Boundaries by Henry, Henry Cloud has been one of the motivating factors that has helped set our women free. And I think one of the things that's really important to remember in the maternity home setting is that day to day you're living lives with you're living life with these women and you're having these conversations. And a lot of times it feels like they're not getting it. They don't understand. They're not ready to make changes. Um, and it can get kind of overwhelming and stressful and to be honest, frustrating. But what I would like to remind all of us, is that when our women move, they have the tools that, they, that we give them tools for, for their future. And a lot of times it doesn't feel like they're getting it when they're in the home. But I can tell you that we have had so many women, so many women that we've connected with after they've left the home. And the very first thing that they say to, to us is, I'm using the tools that you taught me. I'm using the tools that you taught me in the home. I'm trying to advocate for myself and my children for a better life or to not step into this relationship um, or to not make this choice that I know that I made last time. Um, And so oftentimes we don't see the fruit of that until after they're gone. But that's why staying connected to them later on is what is so crucial is because those, those things that we teach them in the home, they will come back and remind us hey, you taught me about the cycle of abuse and I just had to go look at it because I think I might be entering into another abusive relationship. Can you help me here? And then we jump right back in with our old residents and try to help and guide them as well. And we also do like a lot of goal setting. And one of the goal settings that we do is we ask our residents to identify the type of healthy relationships that they want from a romantic relationship and from a family relationship. And then they are able to hold themselves accountable forever. Um, and so if they say, I want a man who is kind and who is loving and who is gentle to me and my children, and they jump into a relationship and that man is showing that he is unkind and not gentle, well, then they can go back and say, oh my gosh, these are the these are the expectations I set for myself. I need to redirect here. Um, and so it teaches them. We advocate for them, but what we're really doing is teaching them to advocate for themselves and their children because domestic violence can be a generational cyclical thing. Your grandparents beat your parents or or your mom was in an abusive relationship with, with your dad, and so it's something that you just happen to repeat, but it can be broken through the gospel and through education and through empowerment and advocacy. And so we really like to hold on to all of those things moving forward because we know that that is how that mama is going to break a cycle so that her children don't experience the same domestic violence abuse that she experienced. She has the power to break a cycle for generations to come. And that is the core of why we do what we do,
0: all of us. Wow. Thank you, Ashley. I love those ideas and those tips. Um, If somebody was listening to this and would like to continue the conversation with you and uh, talk about some ideas that they have or some questions that they have, is there a website or an email address that maybe they can reach you at? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to talk because I have questions too.
1: (laughs) I'm constantly, I feel like I'm constantly learning new things about it. So I would love to brainstorm with anybody my email is Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-Y, at selahcreek.org. That's S-E-L-A-H, creek.org. Or you can go to our website, selahcreek.org, and you can hit um, you know a Contact Us button, and we will get back with you.
0: Thank you. This has been so helpful. Do you have any final thoughts before we close out? Oh, I have lots of thoughts. <laughs> Words of encouragement, Words favorite, of Bible encouragement. Verse, favorite Bible verses that you live by. This is what, this is what I would love to say
1: is that in the maternity housing industry, in this world, we see women who come to us who are, they're coming from all walks of life, all cultures, all different cultures, all different experiences. And it is our responsibility when they come into our home, it's our responsibility to learn from them. It is our responsibility to know them, to learn from them, To understand as best we can what they've been through for the intention of sharing the gospel with them. And this can get really messy and hard when you're living life with people. And so, my encouragement to you, listener, is that you can do the hard thing. You can do the hard thing to listen, understand, make choices, help direct them, because you are a gospel carrier for Jesus Christ. And you have no idea. The the seeds that you plant today, you have no idea the fruit that could possibly come out of them five, eight, 10, 20 years from now. And so I want to say to you, hold fast, keep going. On the dark days, remember the great days and on the great days, prepare your heart for the darker days because we we are in the trenches here. We are loving women and it's all about the gospel of Jesus. Uh,
0: What an encouraging way to close this out. Thank you. So with that, uh, you know, we have Ashley's um, contact info and I will include that in the notes below if you didn't catch it. She was saying uh, her email address. So be sure to subscribe. We'll have more content coming your way soon. And uh, thanks for listening to this episode of the Pregnancy Help Podcast.